Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I guess every Monday now for the rest of the winter is this is how it's going to be. <laughs> Big snowfall <laughs> on Mondays. Dig yourself out. Yeah, yeah. After uh, last night, or after last week, I guess, we, we got a little ahead of it and tried to be a little wise about it. And for the first time in forever, and I'm glad we did it, we got out and started shoveling in the middle of the... Uh, the biggest dumping. And we were out there probably from about 6.30, quarter to 7, till about 8.30. This was last night? This was last night. Every time we did the driveway and the sidewalk, by the time you got back to the driveway again, it had filled in. It's pretty crazy how fast it, it's coming down. And throughout the, the evening, as it, it's got it going in the, the mid-afternoon, uh, I looked at it and was like, it's nice and, and fluffy. Mm. It looks light, not that bad. And uh, but it just kept coming down. I as well went out uh, to walk the dog to about nine o'clock, and uh, and went. You know what? I better I better get a start on this, mm. or else I'll be doing this first thing in the morning at four o'clock. And you know, it was funny. I, I did. I took the the snowblower out, did the whole driveway and walkway, and and the sidewalk in front. And then this morning, it was like I hadn't done it. Yeah, yet. it was really something. I was I was shocked when I went out this morning, thinking. Late last night when I went to bed, that ah, I'll be all good, and it was still over my shoes this morning. Yeah, it's quite a bit of snow. So uh, after I said to Maria uh, yesterday as we were doing it, I said, you know what, we gotta eh, let's change it up a bit. I said we should do something this weekend after my bike ride for laps for Lake Ridge, and after I go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> I, I said, let's. Uh, why don't we take a like a scenic little drive up to Ottawa this weekend and spend like Saturday night in Ottawa? It should be quiet. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I don't think so. Anyhow, I mean, it's winter time. What the hell could be going on in Ottawa? Right. Yeah. Make sure you drive. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I really. I mean, I I understand why they're doing it. I I get it that they're protesting the vaccine uh, mandates, but really, it's kind of uh, pointless because America has set in the same rule. So you can do circles around Ottawa. If uh, the states don't change the rule, there's nothing changing anyhow. Right. Well, and uh, listen, I, I think um, it, it started off with with support from just, you know, truckers and the trucker mandate. Yeah. And then it's kind of grown into, uh, you know, an anti-lockdown, yep. anti-mandate uh, debate on this, where it's not just about truckers. They're mm-hmm. picking up support from anyone who's upset at the mandates. And it, it it strikes me as a little bit odd in all of this, in the sense that, uh, you know, this is like, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills bus driver calling the plays for mm. the team, right? Not happy with how the team is performing. You know, your job is to to drive the trucks. Mm. And, uh, and, and government's job is to be elected, to make the decisions and listen to Health Canada. The last time I checked, there weren't a lot of truckers that were doctors. And so in the midst of a of a pandemic, uh, you know, if you have a a, a, a a beef or problem with the way that things are being run, you have the right to a silent, to a, a, a protest, a, a peaceful protest. Well, this I would I would assume will be will be right. You have that right to it. But just. Watch out, you know, that protest is being picked up and your message may be being skewed Mm. where it's not just about, you know, vaccine mandates for workers now. Is this becoming an anti-vax at all? Or, you know, just be careful that your message isn't being skewed in all of this because, 
uh, you know, you're not an elected official to do this. People have problems with the government. You have a vote coming up, and that'll mm-hmm. be your decision. I will say, you know, look, at this is coming from a guy who's double-vaxxed and, and boosted, and if they said next month, go get a fourth shot, I would. I, I have no qualms. I totally trust the science. I'm fully aboard. But I am I, I'm on the fence with, with the truckers because... We're at a stage now where almost all of us, like 80-something percent, about 20% of the population who isn't vaccinated, 80-something plus are and boosted, and you and I can't go sit in a restaurant together. Yeah. What we've been told we needed to do to get out of this, we've done, and we can't. And so I, like many, have had enough. I, I, I'm uh, not that I'm going to start being an anti-rules uh, and, and, and I'm not going to you know, whip off my mask and stop wearing it in, in protest. But I, I have I'm at the point now where I, I've had enough of being told, do what we ask of you and it will be fine. And we're still no closer to being fine. Yeah, well, the problem is you're in the midst of a pandemic and the, and the virus has uh, mutated into one that is spread through the air. And, you know, they the the science says that the rules have to change with mm. that and no matter how tired we are of it and i'm not saying i'm you know not in disagreement or with what they're doing or with the purpose behind it that the people are upset about mandates and lockdowns and that it's killing some people's businesses and i understand that completely the fact of the matter is pissing and moaning about it isn't going to change the virus it could give a crap as to whether or not you're tired of it. Mm. Uh, the fact of the matter is it's still there and it's still spreading. And, you know, as a as a parent of kids in school, uh, listen, they, they, they've put out the wild, wild west almost when it comes to school. And it's not working very well. So if you do that in a mass scale with everything and a blow open, everything wide open, sure, you see it happening in the states where they're outdoors more. If you lock more people inside and do it, it's, you, you know. They're, they're not talking about the amount of cases and deaths that they're getting in the States. They just let it go. Well, I, I certainly am swinging more over to the, if you're vaccinated, your risk of getting really sick and ending up in the hospital is way down. And so uh, if if that's the case, and most of us are, then it, it, we need to start, I think, real. I don't, I don't think we can keep locking down and locking down. But I don't, I don't really want to go down this road because I don't care anymore. I, I really, I had somebody text me yesterday and say, are you guys going to talk about this trucker thing? And I said, well, I guess we have to, but I don't care. I really don't care. Everybody go about your business. I've, I've, I've had enough. I, it really is to the stage where I would talk about anything other than this anymore. Well, and, you know, this is where, you know, the fact that we're talking about it is that, you know, I, I noticed some of the people who are online talking about it and wondering, oh, it's a mass, see, the mass media isn't talking about it at all. It's, screw off, mm. right? It's happening. We're reporting it. It's, uh, you know, if you want to support it, go ahead and support it. Mm. But don't think that this is some major market scheme that the government's telling me that I can't talk. I can talk about it if I want to bloody well talk about it. The fact of the matter is, as you said, you know, even the truckers union doesn't agree with what's going on. And the United States has put the same bloody rule in. So you can spend all the gas all you want across the country. It's not going to change a hell of a lot. And what's the government going to do? Are they really going to just turn around and say, oh, you know what? Well, you shut down the highway. We better change what we're doing. But protests do. You know, protests bring change sometimes. They bring light to things, yes. And they, you know, they bring the message. I get it. 
Right? And listen, I've supported truckers in the past when I drove a diesel car and gas prices were getting out of, well, out that, of that, hand. Because that it, affected you. But that's what people are doing now. Right. If it affects you, right. well, I can't go out. Well, so, yeah, let's go, truckers. Right. But, you, you see, the second that your steaks or chicken isn't available because it's not showing up uh, at your grocery store or your delivery, then you're going to be pissed because it's now affected you. Right. Right. That's your not... life, your life, my life, very cozy. Right. We got no problems. No problems. But the vast majority of truckers, like 80, almost 90% of them, yeah. are vaccinated. Yeah, they can so keep on with their 10% of the beef isn't showing up at the grocery store, you know why. Yeah, look, and here's the thing. For the people who uh, think uh, that we're not allowed to talk, I love the people who say we're not allowed to talk about something. These are the same people who don't trust us anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the, what's the point? If you're doing rapid testing, if the kids have brought home tests, if you got to do it for work, this is, I think, interesting. Researchers found tests tend to be more accurate if you test yourself in the afternoon. They say ones done in the morning and at night are usually less accurate. False positives are pretty rare in general. So we're really taking uh, talking about false negatives where you do have COVID, but the tests say you don't. The study found people are twice as likely to have an accurate positive test result if they test in the middle of the day. So, sorry, that was, you get more false positives than you get false negatives? Yeah, you get, no, so you, uh, the false positives are pretty rare. Oh. Uh, we're just dealing with false negatives here, right. meaning if you have COVID, but a test says you don't. I've often wondered, too, if, if, you know, as a parent, you know, when testing my kids, if I'm less likely to shove that thing far enough up their nose or up my mm. own nose mm. in order to test it. You know what I mean? Or just kind of right. s- swirling it around well, but not really getting I've up had a, there. I, I've, I had the real, I went and had the real test back when you could get it. Yeah. And they didn't even go that far in the real test. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then um, a couple of different kits we've had. Some say, you know, kind of go up till you feel pressure. Yeah. Others say just on the inside and hold your nose against the swab. And keep swirling it around. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Uh, so why does the time of day matter? Well, they think the virus just behaves differently depending on which stage of your internal clock is going. And other studies have found it's true with other viruses. Basically, they think more virus particles are released into our blood and mucus midday, so there's just more virus for the test to spot. Oh. So whatever whatever your internal clock is doing uh, is kind of when the... Uh, maybe, maybe if you work overnight, say, and you're sleeping during the day, then the middle of your shift is a good time to right. or who knows but or you could just do this drink more red wine and you won't get covid <laughs> <laughs> yay for red wine <laughs> according to a new study people who consume five or more glasses of red wine a week have a 17 percent lower risk of catching the virus all right white wine and champagne also have an effect just not as strong as red wine uh, but people who drank the same amount of beer, cider, or liquor actually increased their risk of getting COVID. Now, anyone who drinks in excess didn't fare well. <laughs> people who drank double these amounts had a higher risk across the board of getting COVID. So I guess well, I'm thanks, Doctor Wolf Blast. I'm hooped on that one. Yeah, oh, I do like a nice Wolf Blast. Mm. There's a new one too called a Bread and Butter. It's a California wine that okay. Daniel introduced us to. Lovely. Um, we had this debate the other day about chilling wine, chilling red wine versus white wine. Well, now Martha Stewart says she gives her seal of approval 
for tossing in ice cubes in either red or white. Oh, see, I disagree with that. Well, it's Martha. How do we disagree with Martha? I can disagree with Martha. Uh, She says, I will put ice in my wine. I extend the glass quite a bit by the addition of the ice cubes. Nobody minds it anymore, even fine winemakers. There you go. I'm okay with a, a slight chill. It's the, it's like adding water. It feels like I'm watering it down. Mm. I guess if you're drinking it fast enough that right. ice doesn't melt, then it's no different. It's like putting a, a great whiskey or scotch over ice, right? You right. Get all this it's, beautiful so aged said, liquor, and then you're pouring it over tap water. Right. Kind of ruins the whole effect. <laughs> I got a really nice email yesterday saying uh, another donation had been made to my uh, laps for Lakeridge. Oh, yeah? I went and checked it out. A, uh, a very generous donation from uh, Tracy and Randall Short. $500. Get out of here. Now, I feel a little guilty because... Uh, now Tra- you got to ride. Tracy, one. Well, I got to ride, but Tracy is under the uh, illusion that I'm going to hang in for the whole eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of said to her, I got to be honest, the challenge is eight hours. Right. I might not make it to the eighth hole. Uh, we'll we'll try to get around once. That'll be a miracle. Okay. And, and then I said to her, I, you know, I'm quick to anger and sulk just as fast. Yes. So yes. the minute I fall off that bike, you know what'll happen. I right. say, I'm done with this stupidity. And the I'll cause leave. is a good one. Yes, cancer and, and, care. And their donations will go to good use from Lake Ridge Health and the Cancer Center. Um, you know, the vehicle for change being mm. you riding mm-hmm. may not be the best bet in the world. No. <laughs> No, but uh, thank you, Tracy and Randall, for that. That was very generous. Thank you very much. We also had some other unique uh, donations, somebody donating like $94 and oh, okay. 94 cents. That nice. kind of, that, that's terrific. Yep. Thank, thank you so much for that. Uh, how long is a car ride a long car ride? People were asked to consider what's okay. a long car ride. I think over two hours, I would say. Yeah, people polled, uh, thousands of people actually asked this question. You know, so many polls happen, and so many thousands of people are asked things. I never get asked anything. Right. No, nobody asked me my opinion. Oh, you don't answer anything. your phone. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a good point. Um, the most popular answer was three hours. Okay. Uh, four just uh, follows that. Uh, some say, uh, like an all-day car ride is a, uh, a long a car A long ride. one, right. Yeah, <laughs> it is long. That's a long one. Yeah, I would say uh, three to four hours is, is probably enough. It is, uh, I mean, the world has changed with uh, car rides and that for kids is a lot more creature comforts. And now it's to the point with kids where you can't go to the local grocery store without putting a movie on for them. <laughs> I was going to say, that, you know, that destination plays a big factor in it, mm. right? Like wh- where you're going. Is it, is it a long car ride, you know, if you're going to, you know, somewhere for a couple of hours, it's going to be a fun thing at the mm. end of it. You know, if you've got a half-hour drive into the city, and it turns into a two-hour drive, that's a long car ride. Yep, no, for sure. Yeah, if, if it's something is unexpected. Or I always remember doing the, the drive between London and Windsor, and I always was under the illusion that once you hit Chatham, it was Windsor was just up the road. No. It's not. It's a stretch. It's a hike. Chatham-Kent is very big. Um, but yeah. you, you got to get the kids counting windmills at some point in order to just pass the time. That's right. Um and I find going somewhere, because the anticipation of getting there is always the longer ride than the ride home. You know, like if you're driving to, to a vacation, right? the excitement of getting there makes the drive seem longer, whereas the drive home, to me, always seems shorter. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes, uh, like, our longest drive generally is, you know, we 
vacation in Quebec and the eastern shores in the Gas Bay area. So it's about a 13-hour car ride mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. And, um, and yeah, you're, you're excited to get there. Uh, and so it's like, oh, man, will this please get over with? Mm-hmm. But that being said, when you, you know, coming home, the last stretch from about Belleville or not even from like really from about Brockville mm. to to uh, to home uh, it really seems to take a bloody yeah. long time. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you're, you're looking like, oh, we only have like two hours left. But God, will these two hours be you're just you're so tired of being in the car at that point. No, for sure. For sure. I remember as a kid, it was just such a nightmare. We we drove to Florida a few times. We drove to the East Coast. It was only because my dad was able to write it off with his company that we went anywhere. Otherwise, we would have never left the driveway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a time when there was nothing in the car but the radio. Right. And I remember when we my dad finally got a car with air conditioning. It was such a big deal. But I hated having the uh, windows up. Right. You know, as a kid, I wanted those windows down, which is another weird thing. Nowadays, maybe because it interferes with their playing of games and videos and movies and such. Nobody wants the windows down anymore. We all want it all sealed and creature comfort. I still, to this day, even on muggy, hot days... Windows down, sunroof open. Yeah, I just, I just love that feeling of the air blowing through. Um, but <laughs> we went to the East Coast, and I, I couldn't stand having the windows up, so I, I rolled mine down one day, and out went all the maps <laughs> on how we were. <laughs> Bobby was not happy with me. Happy to hear that my pal is uh, into two episodes, two episodes of uh, Ozark season four. Yes, I got uh, through two episodes yesterday. Very That's good. all I can handle. Yeah, no, no, you need it. It's need... a stressful watch, it's that not, show. Yeah, no, it's not a walk in the park, that's for sure. Now, I, I won't give anything away here, but to say this, there's a, as you progress, I'm heading into episode four. Uh, in three, there's a situation that arises between Wendy and Marty. There's always a situation that arises between Wendy and Marty, but it... After watching a couple of scenes with them, it got me thinking of uh, my parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Do you watch that show to feel better about your parenting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, at least I didn't do this. Yeah, I watched Helter Skelter to make myself feel better. (laughs) Um, But it's an interesting thing. And if you're watching uh, Ozark, uh, and certainly if you're watching it with your husband or wife, uh, what side do you fall on? Are you a Wendy or are you a Marty? And, And after watching a couple of scenes... I think I'm a Wendy, and oh. I think Maria's more a Marty. Really? Yeah. Now, you you haven't seen this, I don't think, yet. No. No, okay. But, so. I, but I've seen it as of, you know, you the know, last the couple operate. of seasons, yeah. you know, like, you know, you're not following the show. It's no spoiler here, but, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, Marty kind of got them involved in all of That's this. That's right. A whole you know, shenanigans, and then Wendy was uh, it just kind of a silent party. She was no saint herself early on, but... No, she uh, was not. But then she certainly... Uh, you know, really started to take into the family business yeah. and uh, became a much more volatile character. I, I don't know. I'm probably more like Wendy in terms of uh, quick to snap. Well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He, like Marty is always calm, cool, and collected. Always thinking through things. You know, very, very much uh, one to to step back and take a moment. And and this Wendy's Jason Bateman's character, by yeah, the way, if and, you're not and, watching. And Wendy's just a storm, and that's me. Yeah. So just she just she just snaps and anyhow. It's an interesting conversation if you are watching it with your husband and wife. Who are you? Wendy or Marty? <laughs> um this is an odd story out of Japan. Uh, uh over the weekend, a middle aged man in Japan fell from the roof of a five story building. Now, amazingly, he survived. Wow. 
He's uh, just being treated for uh, scratches and bruises. and Really? Yeah, he survived it. Moments later, a woman in her 40s looked out her window on the third floor of the same building to see what had happened. She lost her balance and she fell too. Oh, my goodness. It's like when you see a car accident and you're looking over at it and yeah. you get in a car accident. On her way down, she collided into two men. One who was leaning out of his second-story window to see what all the commotion was about. <laughs> and the other man was standing on the ground, incredibly, none of them injured. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, did they fall into a giant box of cotton balls? No. It was exactly the opposite. They both fell into a narrow gap between buildings. And in a local news report, it looks like there's vents and wires and all sorts of stuff oh. that they could have hit on the way down. That is so odd. Scratches and bruises. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all. Meanwhile, somebody trips on a curb and they die. Right. It's like with car accidents, you know. Someone could go 30 kilometers an hour and hit a light standard, a light yeah. pole and die. Yeah. Somebody else flips their car 40 times yeah. on the well, 401. Look, and look at NASCAR and, and, you know, the Dale Earnhardt crash. Yeah. Didn't, of course, it was a high, huge speed, but mm. it didn't look that you know, dangerous mm -hmm. when you see some of the ones flipping and rolling and the guys walk away from them. Yeah. I, I, I've uh, <laughs> had my moments of uh, of accidents and, and uh, close calls in cars. And, you know, a couple of times, like, I flipped a Suzuki sidekick I had and it rolled. And I, I remember, like, once slamming into the, uh, the, uh, the, the barrier on the 401 uh, around the 400 and racing into work one morning because i was late and snowing and i just those moments when you're you're going too fast or something all of a sudden happens you hit black ice whatever it is and you're trying desperately to recover you right. know it starts fishtailing and this and then that moment comes when you go i'm screwed yeah there's not no, i'm not i'm not pulling out of this yeah uh, that's the best go. thing to do, actually, is probably just to go limp at yeah. that point and say yeah. that. I, my worst, it's kind of a day like today where it's snowy and plows are going through. Uh, I remember trying to get on the 401 at like Port Union or mm. Meadowvale and, uh, and coming down the ramp and you see that big plow, mm. uh, what, what the plow has left, that big drift. Right. And, you know, I was like, all right, well, here we go. And I kind of <laughs> looked back and there was an opening there. So, I, you know, literally plowed into it at full speed, and it spun me. Yeah. And so, you know, here I am sideways on the 401 with cars coming at me. And somebody honked. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Well, here's something uh, you shouldn't do if there's a full moon out. You shouldn't be swimming in the ocean. More likely, you'll be attacked by a shark. Okay. So if you're planning to get down south and swim in the ocean, maybe at night. All pretty with the full moon, yeah, too. Yeah, get that a few would drinks in you. Sure, you go skinny dipping. I, I mean, ever since I saw Jaws, you know it's no good to swim right. at night in the yeah. dark when you've had a few. Anyhow, yeah, it looks beautiful, but just enjoy it from your balcony of your resort because, uh, yeah, turns out it's a full moon and more likely to be a, a shark attack. I guess, too, uh, you know, in that case, if they're looking up from down below... Mm. And they see, like, it's brighter yeah, above. Sure. And, you know, not quite as clear as day to see what image you are. You probably look like a seal or some sort yeah. of prey, right? I look like a seal at the best of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's blubber there. Let's go for it. Um, so studies were done. They looked at 55 years worth of shark attacks and found more happened when the moon was full or close to full. 
They say it's not because the sharks can see better with more light. They don't think that has anything to do with it. It's possible it has something to do with more people night swimming when the moon is full, but they don't really talk about that in the study either. Gotcha. They did mention the moon's gravity sometimes seems to affect animals in weird ways, but whether the moon is full or not has nothing to do with how close it is or how hard it's pulling on us. Whether it's full or not just has to do with uh, some of the earth shadows it's in. So if there's a real link, it's all still a mystery. Just stay out of the damn ocean. I could, yeah. And yeah, the I moon mean, is full. I mean, if you're if you're swimming in there, you're trying to get a leg over, right? Yeah, you're sure. swimming in the ocean, and, yeah. and, you know, full moon and all pretty. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah, no. I, I And this is just the lazy guy in me. If I've ever been to a resort that has a beautiful pool with a swim-up bar, what am I going in the sand and the salt <laughs> and the... That's all too much. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.